from the Thai Cats Audio Network. This is the Thai Cats This Week with RJ Broadhead and Luke Tasker. The Tiger Cats play the Edmonton Elks on Thursday. Kickoff is at 7.30. I'm RJ Bryant along with Luke Tasker. Tiger Cats are 3-5. and five. They'll hit the midway point of the season after this Edmonton game. So best case scenario, they'll be 4-5. and five. I, I think we should address the the big news with the team in the, in the bye week, Luke. Um, Tommy Condell and the Tiger Cats uh, mutually agreed to part ways. I know you spent a lot of time with Tommy, not only in your Ticats career, but in your college career at Cornell. Um, it was, it's always tough. It's part of the business. Uh, your thoughts when you heard the news. Yeah. Uh, something has to change when things are not going right. Uh, that, that game before the bye week there, uh, Montreal, uh, a lot of things uh, didn't go right offensively. And that's just the nature of professional sports. Uh, you know, it's almost like, even the the best coaches are going to be are going to have been fired a dozen times in their career you know it's the way it goes tommy is a is a great football mind really good coach had a huge huge part in what in my uh football career and my growth as a wide receiver um i i just can't speak highly enough about him and really enjoyed my years with him and it seems like that's sort of the sentiment around uh coach o uh, spoke very much the same uh or in high regards of tommy and uh yeah just of course just wishing all the best uh for him and and uh this is just the way that professional sports works and um the tie cats like you said try grinding and fighting to try to move back to a to a 500 uh win loss record yeah, it's it's tough, and uh, I got to know Tommy a little bit too over the the past few years. And a great guy, family guy, and and he he's been so busy with football. Maybe he'll have a little time with his family, and then we'll see what happens down the road. But Tommy has has great credentials, and Scott Milanovic has great credentials, and he'll come in as the offensive play caller. He's been a head coach. I look back at that 2012 team, Toronto Argonauts team that won the Grey Cup that Scott Milanovic was the head coach and he had coaches under him, Orlando Steinauer, now a head coach, Mike O'Shea, now a head coach, Chris Jones, a head coach, Jason Moss, a head coach. Like it really was a, an all-star coaching staff, but Milanovic is kind of known for his, his um, work with quarterbacks and developing quarterbacks. And, and he's most recently spent time in the NFL with the Indianapolis Colts as their quarterbacks coach for a guy like Taylor Powell, who's young, he's had a couple of starts and probably earlier in his career than he even thought he'd have two professional starts. He's going to have a third against the Edmonton Elks. Just getting uh, as a young quarterback to know one offensive coordinator system and now has to get to know another one. It, it has to be a bit of a challenge for for Taylor Powell, but um, you know he's going to be the focus, I would think, of Scott Milanovic and, and working out a, a game plan that can be successful for Taylor. Yeah, Milanovic is going to soften the blow, too. I mean, you don't have a training camp to install your style Um Milanovic uh, is is been there, you know. He's been on the, with the Thai Cats. He didn't just walk into the building this last week, and so he he he's he's a, has an understanding of uh, the offense that's been in place all season. And so they're gonna there there'll be changes and there'll be new plays, new, some new concepts, but uh, they're gonna sort of morph the old into the new, I would think. And uh, I I think that's a great point, RJ. That 
Milanovic is is a quarterback guy. I mean, so his his focus and he you know his his approach is going to start at the quarterback position, and that's probably a good thing for Taylor Powell. Um, you can imagine sort of a uh, a, a change where uh, you know the the head of the offense uh, parts ways with the team uh, in, a, in the, from the coordinator position, and if a guy comes in who just gives you a to-do list and expects greatness and that's kind of the end of the story that can be hard for a young quarterback I think there'll be a much more uh, you know mutual working relationship here and for a young guy like Taylor Powell uh, the third quarterback to be starting for the Ticats this year and um, still you know still learning the game and still coming off some uh, you know some ups and downs of, the, of his first starts uh, I think I think this might be a good relationship a good a good uh, a good offensive coordinator quarterback relationship here uh with Powell and Milanovic and uh it doesn't it doesn't end there I mean they you know that they've got problems to solve uh around around the the offense um as well and and we, we you know we've seen some some changes made and coming off of this bye week we'll see maybe it'll look like a different uh, a different Ticat offense well, I'm going to play off of what you said there, Luke, because I, I, I do have a few statistics. You always love when I get to the statistics. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> but offensively, there there is room for improvement. Uh, Ticats were shut out for the second straight game in the fourth quarter. Third time this season, they've been shut out in the fourth quarter. Three straight games, they've been held under 20 points. They only had 15 first downs. In their last game against Montreal, that's the second fewest this season. They only had the one first down in the second half, and that was on their first possession of the second half, so they went about 28 minutes without a first down. Rushing yards were 93 yards, which was actually their, uh, well, most in three games. So that's a bit of a positive, but that's an area that that is interesting too because the CFL sent out um, some statistics and, and rushing attempts are up to 45% a game, and the CFL seem to be attributing that to a lot of backup quarterbacks. Well, the Tiger Cats are on their their third-string quarterback. However, they only rushed 31% of the time in their previous game, so maybe we'll see more of James Butler. And the other thing with this game at Tim Hortons Field, Ticats have only scored three touchdowns in four home games. So you want to get the crowd into it. You want to score those touchdowns. You want to put up points. So there's a lot of areas to improve you were an offensive guy uh you've seen the tiger cats what would you like to see in this edmonton game from the offense well there's been flashes of productive passing game and we've had a few games this season where james butler has been a a huge difference maker but never at the same time actually i say back to edmonton was maybe the one time uh when when the running when the run game and the passing game were both seeing some success but for the most part it's been a little bit one-sided and then that second half uh prior to the bye week against Montreal that was sort of uh the 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 worst of both i guess you'd say like you mentioned the one first down you can't uh you can't win games like that i want to say uh i want to say Montreal scored 18 points in the in the fourth quarter uh, in that game and uh so uh, what I'd like to see is is uh, um, uh, cooperation, pr- mutual production from from the run game and the pass game, and they do help each other. Success in one should and can help the other, um, and and success is a or moment, momentum is a real thing, um, and that confidence that comes. So, um, you, you, I hope that Taylor Powell goes out there. I hope he has some easy, um, uh, quick answers in the passing game. And you and I discussed for a while in the booth there. Uh, James Butler, uh, you know, to me, 
a, a great running back makes things happen after the first contact, after he breaks through that line of scrimmage. But even a great running back cannot overcome uh, the uh, 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 hyper productive defensive front. If that offensive line is not moving guys out of the way, uh, they're gonna that they, they, you can hem in even a, a great running back. And so uh, that that cooperative relationship there with the offensive line and, the, and James Butler uh, really hope that we can see. Um, you know, a, a back to that game like in Edmonton, where James Butler, uh, you know, rushing for for around that hundred yards and 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 uh, making a huge difference. Back to that Edmonton game, that was Taylor Powell's uh, uh, first introduction as a Hamilton Tiger Cat to the field, and uh, it's one of the bright spots of the of the season was his first play. Um, in the game, throwing a touchdown pass in Edmonton. Uh, that was to Tim White. And, of course, coming after the unfortunate Matt Schiltz uh, injury, uh, uh, fairly substantial injury, as it turned out to be. And uh, now uh, Taylor Powell is, is uh, uh, you know, well into his games as a starter and, and uh, very much looking forward to how all of those parts piece together uh, offensively. Well, speaking of that last game against Edmonton, it was a good one for the Tiger Cats. 37-29, to they won. That 37 points was the most points they put up this season. Edmonton made it closer than they wanted in the end. But looking back to that game, Matt Schultz started. He was injured in that game. Taylor Powell, his first CFL pass was that touchdown to Tim White. And incidentally, that's Tim White's last touchdown so you know he wants to get going they had four touchdowns in the game the tiger cats did to put that into perspective luke they have four touchdowns in their last three games so maybe edmonton is is coming at a good time to get this offense back on track and there are a couple of changes or a significant change anthony johnson was injured in training camp and he's finally healthy into the ninth game of the season. A bit surprising that Terry Godwin, who's been very good, is is out. But Anthony Johnson, he's somebody that I would think Ticats fans should be excited to to watch in this game. Uh, absolutely, we saw we saw flashes of him last year, uh, adding into the production of that. 2022 offense and uh we don't know a ton uh watched him score a touchdown against ottawa last year uh but clearly a guy who the team uh feels strongly about you know i'm i'm not sure what to make of of, uh of terry godwin uh being out of the lineup he is a guy who i've actually really enjoyed watching this season um but anthony johnson gets the gets the call and we'll 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 see how that goes uh you know i'm always weary or hopeful of a guy coming off of a long injury like this, you know, was is it the right week? And were you able to train while you're healing the one part of your body? Are you able to train and keep everything else going over that long stretch of time, more than, more than two months? And sometimes that can be a battle. Uh, uh, but uh, I'm excited to see another uh, Ticat wide receiver, big, uh, big body, 6'2", 220, and, uh, and, uh, 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 looking like it'll be a good addition to this offense. And we'll see how things progress with, uh, uh, Terry Godwin and the rest of these, uh, Ticat receivers here. Um, and you're right, RJ. It's almost like you can think back to the last game against Edmonton. And there's a lot of things that we haven't seen since that game. Uh, consistent offensive production, uh, low turnovers, high takeaways. I mean, that game was, uh, uh, that's, that, 
stood out in the Edmonton game uh, were the interceptions that the defense was able to make. You can remember seeing Katz and Tonus uh, with a with a bizarre interception almost in the offensive backfield ran it in for a touchdown and uh, that was a that was a collective um, uh, team effort there in Edmonton and the only caveat to that is of course Edmonton is saying this is our chance against the Ticats who are coming off a really difficult loss uh, to Montreal in a bye week this is our chance to right the ship and end this losing streak that they're on so yeah, these are two teams that desperately need a win. Um, one thing that, that, you know, is maybe highly, highly likely is maybe we're in for a great football game, uh, as, as spectators, uh, this Thursday night. Yeah, well, let's hope so. 7.30 at Tim Hortons Field. As always, you can listen on the Ticats Audio Network. Andy Fantuz, Bubba O'Neill have the pregame at 6.30, and Luke and I will have the call at 7.30. That's a big game against the Elks. Ticats would like to get to 4-5 and five at the midway point of the season. Elks are 0-9. They fired their president. Chris Jones gets... A vote of confidence as their uh, head coach, and, you know, he's trying to figure things out. He was on that coaching staff with Coach O and Scott Milanovic in that 2012 Argos game. I asked Scott Milanovic about that, if there's, you know, you know his defense. He knows your offense, and Scott kind of laughed and said, nobody knows what Chris is going to do. So he does have <laughs> have that respect in the, in the league. Dylan Wynn, he's been practicing for a while. Another guy who was injured, uh, a heart and soul guy, a run-stopping guy, and it looks like he's back in the lineup for the Tiger Cats. That should be a huge boost, right, Luke? Uh, absolutely. Uh, if if we're going to see our guy <laughs> uh, get out there uh, uh, for for snaps in the game, and and, and you don't know, uh, you know how how that defensive line rotates heavy. You know they they they're in and out. Uh, we'll see how much Dylan Wynn is, uh, how many snaps he gets, but he's a difference maker. Um, and you can't expect, you know, Dylan Wynn's not going to go out there and have the best game of his life out there coming off of this long, long rehab process. We talked about this with Anthony Johnson. It's not the easiest thing, but he's going to, he's going to, if they're putting him on the field, we're going to see Dylan Wynn, uh, uh, make his, you know, he's going to make us say his name throughout the game tomorrow while we call the, call this match in the booth. And I just am so excited to, to have him out there. He's, he was one of, in my, in my opinion, if you just want a net, uh, a net statement of football player. He's one of the best football players I've, I've ever played with. Yeah, he, he is fun to watch. He's intense. He'll be in the middle of things. And <laughs> you get the feeling with Dylan Wynn that there isn't a, a, a first gear. It, it's all full out. It's uh, pedal to the metal. So that'll probably be a challenge for him, like you said, Luke, to not uh, coming off injury. You don't want to re-aggravate anything. Yeah, after the game, he goes in the locker room and somebody's got to take the batteries out of him, man. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's, he's something else. Um, when you you look at the the run defense, the defense has been very good for the Tiger Cats and, and kept them in games and created some takeaways. But uh, one thing has stood out against Montreal, they allowed 135 rushing yards that's the seventh time in eight games they've allowed at least 100 yards rushing which we're not used to seeing from this Ticats defense fifth straight game where they've allowed at least 100 yards rushing and Dylan Wynn will probably help that um, I talked to Coach O about it I talked to Simone about it and they both feel pretty good where this run defense is they just kind of feel that there's been 
an explosive play against them. And that's really added to those totals. And it's something they're working on fixing. But uh, I guess the explosive play has to be reduced by this Ticats defense to bring that stat back to where it's been in past seasons. Uh, Coach Orlando mentioned that exact point in in the Coach O show this week about the explosive plays. And, you know, I'm always – I always have an offensive – uh, uh, cap on and thinking, uh, explosives are a good thing and you gotta, you know, give away, uh, turnovers are bad and, and explosives are good. And of course, defensively, it's the opposite, right? And so, uh, limiting, limiting those explosives, some of that comes down to, yes, getting up and, and, and plugging gaps in the front, but it also comes down to open field tackles too. And a, a, a missed tackle a game, it's like, um, It'd be like an error, you know, and I mean, it's, it's really a, it's a, it's a, it's not a stat that's easy to track, a missed tackle. Uh, but that's a crucial part of the game. Um, and, and, uh, a handful of misses, uh, back to back, uh, throughout, say, a quarter over a course of a couple drives. That's, that's difference making. And so, uh, it's got to be sure tackling, uh, up front to, to avoid that when that ball boxes out, bounces outside of the box and gets away from, uh, the defensive linemen and those three uh, linebackers, uh, the DBs have to be sure tacklers. And for the most part, I mean, I think Tunde Adelike, for for an example, and Richard Leonard are two of the, the better open field tacklers um, uh, in the league. Um, and so it's almost like you got the pieces in place and, 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 you know, can, can the whole thing come together, uh, at Tim Hortons field this week? And, uh, at some point it does, you know, at some point a team that's struggling, uh, is able to turn the page. Uh, and of, and of course, if this was the Elks audio network, uh, you might want to be saying the same thing, right? Like it's eventually these pieces are going to fall in and you got uh, from, from an Elks perspective, you scored, uh, 22, uh, straight points against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, uh, last week. Uh, and of course came up short again, but there's not a, uh, it's not, uh, it's not like everything's totally wrong over there in Edmonton. They've, they're, they're looking to, to write the thing too. Yeah, and if you look back to Edmonton's game to Tim Hortons Field last season, a lot has changed in in a, a season, but it was a big comeback. Ticats led 22 to 9 in the third quarter, and in the final 12 minutes, basically from the final 12 minutes of the third quarter on, the Ticats were outscored 20 to 3, lost the game 29 to 25. The Elks quarterback was Trey Ford, and he's going to get uh, another start it appears for the Elks. He's He's a pretty interesting guy because he runs a 4-4, so you really have to keep an eye on him, and, and he can be very athletic and a, a Canadian quarterback, so he's fun to watch. Um, I don't know how much fun Ticats fans want to have watching him this week, but maybe down the road. But he, he can uh, provide some challenges for a defense too, can't he? Uh, absolutely. He's got a little mobility to him, and... Uh, uh, it seems to me like the thing I can kind of like about watching him, he does have a desire to make the play, you know, he, he can be exciting, uh, to watch. And so, uh, we'll see. And I mean, throughout the league, including these teams, there's just the quarterback volleying has just been, uh, unbelievable, uh, this season. And so, uh, one of these young quarterbacks or both would be awesome to come in and, and take control of some offense and to, to control the clock a little bit, um, uh, but you've, you, you've got these guys, you've got a Dylan win out there. You've got these, uh, defensive players who are, who are ready to bounce back, uh, from the fourth quarter against Montreal where they were on the field that entire quarter. I mean, it was, it was a really, really, um, a struggle for the Hamilton offense to stay on the field and to give that defense a little bit of a, of a rest. So 
uh, I don't know. I, I'm feeling like we're going to have a great performance from this Hamilton defense, and I'm excited to see a new uh, Hamilton offense um, uh, take shape. Yeah, speaking of uh, the Hamilton defense, if you're watching on video, you might have saw my or seen my dog, uh, Houston. Uh, he just poked his head up. He's a black lab. Same as uh, Simone Lawrence's dog, Willow, uh, Black Lab. So Simone and I uh, often talk about uh, how smart our dogs are. <laughs> but but Simone had a big game, and, and like you said, this defense will be looking to come up big. Um, I, I think, to be honest, Luke, if, if I'm a fan going to Tim Horton's field, I want the defense to be big, but I'm looking forward to seeing what the offense can do. Should we temper expectations on – how many changes we'll see on Thursday? Well, changes are going to be hard to recognize, to be honest. Um, production is really the, 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 the thing that we as spectators and, 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 you know, onlookers have the best gauge on, you know, are we just, are we getting big chunks of yardage? Are we scoring points? Um, I do remember as we started to sort of shift in offense in 2017, uh, the production came slowly. I mean, you could, you could, it was, it was a little bit, there was a difference there and there's just some natural energy that comes with, uh, the, the change happening. Um, you know, I don't know what, I don't know what that is, but the change sort of gives life. It gives you a new thing to work on and, and a new perspective on, on what, what, how this route interacts with this concept and how, how the receivers on the same side should have their timing. And you just kind of get a little energy off that. And so I do expect to be able to, to, to see a difference. Um, Anthony Johnson coming in the game. I think you're going to see a guy like Tim White, uh, gather a few more opportunities down the field. Um, I've really been impressed with Duke Williams, uh, uh, and, and I would love to see, um, you know, four to five of those catches behind linebacker depth to a guy like Duke Williams in the game. And, uh, I, I don't think, you, I don't think a Ticat fan should necessarily temper their expectations. Uh, you know, you, you want, you want to hope for the best and, and see it, see it come to fruition. And, uh, I would be, I'm excited to see if that, if that energy, uh, you know, comes to, manifest itself in points on the board okay so you're saying 50 points for the tie cats <laughs> at least oh my goodness 55 <laughs> no it'll be a battle i mean and and i would love to see like you said their 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 previous highest point on season in edmonton and 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 you can't you can't I don't want to understate it either. Edmonton's struggling, right? So you, you, you do want to take advantage of it. We, I always, we always had the, the, the idea of keep a losing team losing. And there's some energy there too. And some just, to, just excitement to make that, to make that, uh, uh, happen and make that a reality. So, um, yeah, would love to see it. And Taylor Powell, as it always does, it's going to come down to a lot of, a lot of decisions on his part. And, uh, we've seen some good. We did not, we, we did not see the ball move down the field in that last game. Will they be able to extend the passing game? And of course, you probably know what I'm going to say. Can they avoid the interceptions and turnovers? Well, it, it's funny. When I talked with Scott Milanovic, he said that's the number one focus right now. Limit the turnovers and limit the penalties. Too many penalties being taken on offense as well and, and making it difficult to, to get first downs with uh, long yardage to go to to convert the first down. So we'll see, trying to, to keep it basic, but it is an important game, and Edmonton's a, a good team. Too many talented players to go winless for the season. Ticats, like you said, Luke, want to make sure that it doesn't happen this week, that they get that win, they get to the midway point at 4-5, and five, and 
And from all indications from players and coaches, it sounds like the team is getting better and better and healthier and that we might see a much better second half. So fingers crossed. Looking forward to the game, Luke, and we'll we'll see you at Tim Hortons Field. Yeah, looking forward to it, RJ. See you there Thursday night. Of course, you can catch on the Ticats Audio Network game day with Courtney Stephen and Mike Daly. That will be Thursday before the game. I think it comes out in the morning, so you get a real good taste of what to expect in the pregame show at 6.30 with Bubba O'Neill and Andy Fantuz. And Luke and I will have the call at 7.30 Eastern Time on the Ticats Audio Network. It's been another busy week for your Hamilton Tiger Cats. Luke Tasker and RJ Broadhead have covered it all, and now we would like to hear from you. Email us anytime at gamedayatiecats.ca. Subscribe to the Ticats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.